Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we ask if we're likely to see any more continental competition in Africa this year, given the effects of coronavirus. Also, as the pandemic has caused a lot of people to think deeply, to think about what really matters in life, we speak to Yao Yeboa, the Ghana captain at last year's Under-23 Africa Cup of Nations in Egypt. He's based in Spain. He tells us about how life is there. Sometimes I wake up and even to walk out from my house to go to the supermarket, it's, it's, it's scary. I mean, you, you get that fear in you, like, why would I go out with a number of people dying, like, daily, you know? More from Yao Yeboa later. And Stuart looks at the issues that clubs must vote on ahead of a resumption of the English Premier League. And also we ask whether the UEFA Champions League is likely to be completed. That's all to look forward to. But first, we're seeing more African countries calling off their leagues. As for those with a September to May season, for most, it's simply not realistic to resume action in time to finish, unless they continue much later on in the year. Uh, Zambia and Morocco are among those that still hope to conclude their seasons. Now, as it stands, the Confederation of African Football say that they don't intend to cancel any of their competitions. The Champions League and Confederation Cup are at the semi-final stage. The African Nations Championship, the CHAN, was postponed, having been set for last month in Cameroon. There's the 2020-21 editions of the Champions League and Confederation Cup due to begin in August, and then the Africa Cup of Nations in Cameroon next January and February, with the qualifiers yet to be completed, uh, plus World Cup qualifiers as well. Now, Ida, when I look at the requirements for the European leagues to resume, especially the extensive testing and the quarantine, I'm beginning to wonder if there will be any more continental competition in Africa this year. Well, you're not alone, Steve. I'm sure a lot of people across the continent must be wondering. And, you know, the sorts of requirements needed for possible resumption of football is quite something because in places like the UK, for example, the Premier League is talking about investing in over 40,000 testing kits. And that's just at the initial stage, just to ensure regular testing of players and staff. Now, another thing, Steve, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but other than the last update from CAF Acting Secretary General Abdel Ba, where he basically confirmed that all tournaments will still be completed despite the COVID-19 pandemic, there really hasn't been anything else from the Federation updating us on their progress. Now, the thing is, Steve, those comments from Ba were more than two months ago. And if you ask me, two months is quite a long time to not update the continent other than telling us that the CAF Champions League and Confederation Cup have been postponed indefinitely. Now, you look at Europe, for example, and the authorities are giving weekly updates. It could be down to several arguable reasons, Steve, but one fact still remains. Africa hasn't experienced some of the dramatic COVID-19 numbers that we've seen in the West. Now, one would imagine that despite this being a very uncertain time that everyone is working within, that this would give some form or some basis of an advantage just to be able to organize yourselves a bit better. We have close to 10 leagues across Africa that have canceled their seasons. Now, 
some have declared champions, while others have, you know, basically termed the seasons as null and void. What implications, Steve, if any, will this have on the next season of continental football within the continent? These are some of the questions that need to be asked. And frankly, these are some of the updates that we need to receive from CAF who have been very, very quiet. Thanks, Ida. Yes, CAF has asked the football associations around the continent to nominate their representatives for next season's continental competitions. But there are possible disputes over this in some countries where the league has been called off. So we keep on following this one here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Well, now this coronavirus pandemic has caused a lot of people to think deeply to think about what really matters in life and to think about their limitations and about how powerless we are. It's affected the rich and the poor and some of the stars that we admire in sport, in music, in entertainment and elsewhere. Of course, the virus has stopped most football across the world and it's been a difficult time for players. Yao Yaboa was the Ghana captain at last year's Under-23 Africa Cup of Nations in Egypt and he featured for Ghana at the 2015 Under-20 FIFA World Cup in New Zealand. Yaboa plays as a right winger for Spanish club Celta Vigo's B-side. He's on loan from CD Numancia. Yaboa spoke to Planet Sport Football Africa's Oloashina Okaleji about how the pandemic has affected his life and first told us how he's keeping in touch with other players from Ghana like Andre Ayew. Like I talk to them every single day, like play my my friends um, who are playing different different countries like Germany, Denmark, Italy, everywhere, you know. So I try my best to call them. I even try to organize something to do on like Instagram Live to go on live with some of my friends in different countries. So the last time I did it, one of my friends called Mohamed Kudus, who was playing FC Nordjylland in in Denmark. So I try. I contacted um, the day you in the UK, and then I think we're going to be on live. And then Wakasu is in Ghana right now. I spoke to him. He's also ready. Then Jonathan Manson is in the US. You know, so all these players, you know, Ghanaian players. I mean, I've organized something to do live video with them on Instagram just to tell their fans in Ghana um, who don't get access to television to what they need to see how the world um, coronavirus is. is, is it's slowing everything and, and making people a bit crazy in the world, you know, to stay home, to save life in, in back in Ghana and, of course, the whole world. But it's basically like the, the people in the villages in Ghana where they don't get access to television, mm. to watch the news and everything. So they can just go on their phone, go on Instagram Live with the day you and me, you know, talk about how to stay home, to save life. Because we got our family back home in Ghana and then we have to protect them as well. So, yeah. I speak to all of my friends and my teammates every time, every mm. single day. So when you see the casualties, does that put like a fear inside of you to make you think like, wow, this is something that's never been that that never been in life before? You know, the deaths in Asia, in Europe, in America. Africans will tell you, I want to go to Europe, I want to go to Europe. But then you see this number of deaths. Does that send a message to you? Yeah, the thing is, we are all facing it. It doesn't matter Europe or Africa. You know, we are all facing it. But of course, you know, the number of people dying in Europe is more. You understand? But the thing is, you wake up every morning watching the news and you see this kind of number dying. It's crazy. It's scary. You understand? So mm. sometimes I wake up and even to walk out from my house to go to the supermarket, it's, it's, it's scary. I mean, you, you get that fear in you. Like, why would I go out with the number of people dying like daily? 
you know but the thing is you have to stay safe and and protect yourself and then the most important is you have to eat as well you know mm. because at home you're training you have to get some energy you have to eat so you have to do you have to protect yourself go out to the supermarket get your water get your food stuff and come back home and cook mm. but it's very scary like waking up every morning seeing or hearing this news everywhere and then your family back in ghana or your family back yeah in ghana will call you and then they're so scared because they've been hearing the news the number of people dying is is a lot and it's it's crazy thing you have to be mentally strong as a human being what are the lessons you've learned from this coronavirus this lockdown what are the lessons you've learned you know yeah um very good question the thing is the world has never never experienced this kind of uh, coronavirus before you understand so for me i'm a christian so i believe in god you know I, I i believe that whatever is happening in this world god is in control god knows exactly what he's doing god will save his people you understand so mm. for me it's a lesson for for we the people living on earth to appreciate everything that we have mm. the most important thing is life we have to appreciate life a lot because mm. we breathe every day we don't pay for our breathing you understand so you could see that money cannot even solve this it's not about money money cannot solve this um, virus thing you know it's not about money it's just about you appreciating what you have and 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 appreciating the fact that you wake up every day you breathe freely you get food to eat you get clothes to wear that's the most important thing for your life so and we also have to appreciate the the, the creation you understand like the the animals and and then you know i mean now <laughs> people are saying that they are the one who rule the world now mm. you see animals outside enjoying they don't know what is happening and we are stuck inside so this is a lesson for us to to appreciate everything that we have on this earth and know that god created everything for a reason mm. and that god loves everything that he created so it's, it's a great lesson for everybody after this i think the world is going to change in a way how people are going to be careful how people are going to treat each other you know so it's basically like if you don't wake up tomorrow then what you're gone Mm. So you have to appreciate the people in your life, appreciate your family, appreciate your friends. And the most important thing is you have to appreciate life. You That's s- the most important thing. You said something yeah. very important there about money. You know, many yeah. many say footballers are rich, but this is one virus that money can't even stop. What does that tell us? Exactly. So, I mean, if money can stop this virus, I think Bill Gates and Messi, Ronaldo, they will just stop it once. You know, it, it won't even get to us with the young ones coming up. I mean, the senior players will just stop it. You understand? So, this is a situation where money cannot do anything. The only thing we have to do is stay home and, and then use, I mean, appreciate the world, appreciate the air that we are living in. And then uh, stay strong and then come back and appreciate the world. Mm. Have you learned any new things about yourself? You know, when you are playing football, you don't have time. You are playing for Ghana. You are captaining your youth team. You you are playing for your club. You don't have time. During this lockdown, have you learned any new things about who you are as a person? Yeah, I mean, people are discovering a lot of stuff at home. People be like, uh, they are so busy where their family cannot keep in touch. You can't talk to your family a lot. But this is situation you are always home. We have to speak to your family, your friends, everywhere. Before, when we are back to football. Maybe I'll train at 12 o'clock. My friend will be training at 1 o'clock. You know, different time, different different countries, different time. And then now we are all home. You can get in touch with all your friends, you know. Appreciate them as yeah, you're one, uh, one of your best friends. And, and for me, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. Like, I always wake, sleep in the night. And then I'll be thinking, like, almost an hour before... 
the sleep counts like wow what a world we are living in now just one virus is, is stopping every single thing in this world and you know the most important thing is stopping what we love doing which is football and then other people want to be outside at the beach want to be seeing people working so now you could see working politics everything is not important you mm. know the only thing is to appreciate what you have and appreciate who you are and then appreciate the earth appreciate your life because you wake up every day and then you breathe and that's the most important thing you get something to eat you get close to where for me it's enough it's enough it's not about people chasing too much and doing that killing people for other stuff come on one way or the other way everybody would die in this world mm. but now the moment where we have to appreciate ourselves love each other that's the most important thing love each other love ourselves and love each other as well you know you talk about love do you have any passage in the bible that truly you can share with people if if there's a message of hope and love or anything that you have do you have any that you can yeah share? you know you know when jesus talk about the, the ten commandments say love your neighbor as yourself so mm. like now people are the neighbors maybe some of them were having fight you know that when they're talking to each other but this is a situation where you can't be going out people are not getting paid so it, it's basically like you have to love your neighbor even you have a problem with him or her mm. go to her or him and say hey can i have a sword can i have this you have this can you borrow me this you understand so we have to come together as one and love your neighbor as yourself because everybody loves themselves. So you have to love your neighbor as well. So it's basically like, yeah, Jesus talked about love, love your neighbor as yourself, but being part of the, the Ten Commandments and love, the greatest love is, is him who died for our sins. So dying for your friends and everything, which means for this world, we can talk, uh, you can uh, explain like, okay, you have to help your friend, help your family, help your friend, help anyone you could. You understand, like in Ghana, you can see players, uh, footballers in Europe, in, in Africa, Saudi money, they're donating money to help their, their community. And this is love. This is love, you know, so that we know that we have it. We can get food to eat easily because we, 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 we earn money every month and then people don't earn money like us. So what? We can't keep our money because nobody knows when you're going to die. You understand? You can't keep all this, your money in your bank and then what? You wake up. You don't wake up tomorrow and then what? You understand? So mm. this is when you have to spread the love by supporting, donating to people who doesn't have it. And and for me, it's the most important thing. You understand? So mm. we will come back. We will come back strong to this thing. One thing I want people to learn is to appreciate the world and to appreciate the people and the creation in this world. You understand? Mm. So if you see somebody's in need and you are in the you are in the position to help the person, just do it. Because you never know tomorrow. Nobody knows tomorrow. Only God knows. Only the Creator knows. That's Yao Yabar. He was the Ghana captain at last year's Under-23 Nations Cup in Egypt, currently on loan at Spanish club Celta Vigo's B-side in Spain, talking to Oloashina Okaleji. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programmes too in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, now we go to social media. Last week we asked, do we need more former players in administration in African football? This after Ivory Coast legend Didier Drogba's aim of becoming the next Ivory Coast FA president took a knock as the Association of Former Footballers didn't allocate him a single vote in a preliminary poll there in Ivory Coast. 
Well, there are relatively few retired legends who are involved in powerful positions in their national football associations or indeed running clubs. So we asked, do we need more former players to get involved as administrators or do they maybe lack the skills required? Well, on WhatsApp, Kondo Harawa in Malawi says, I was surprised that Drogba didn't get a single vote. I feel we need former players in administration as they have the experience of what players, teams, coaches and other parts of football have to face in reality. In other continents like Europe, most people in football administration are former players. Look at how their game is growing. Africa must learn from that as well, says Mkondo. Uh, thanks for that, Mkondo. Uh, last week, Stuart did point out that there aren't that many former international players right at the top in football administration, but uh, there certainly are some. Adama Barrow in the Gambia says, Yes, we need former players in administration in African football. I believe that if a former Gambian footballer had taken part in the governance of the sport in our country, we would have made it to the Cup of Nations by now. The saddest part is that it's run by former police officers or military personnel. I'm not doubting them nor blaming anyone but the footballers themselves because most of them don't want to take the responsibility of becoming administrators, says Adama. Alfred Mdimba in Malawi agrees, saying we cannot deny them. They have something to contribute in football. I'm of the opinion that they should take part. Malang Sambu in Italy says now is the time for African legends to take care of the football affairs of their countries. Having been players themselves, they know the problems of players. I think it would also pave the way to fight against corruption within the football associations. Noble Botamani in Malawi says, yes, we do need more former players to get involved. They have skills since they've been playing football for a long time. And Richard in Ghana adds to that, saying if they rise to the position of FA president, it can help our football. Mwinga Mainbolwe in Zambia agrees, saying former footballers are needed when it comes to administering the game. They've been through the footballing journey and can help to pass on their knowledge to young players coming up through the ranks. In future, it would be good if all countries set up policies whereby one needs to have been a former player to take up a top administrative role in the game. Ebrima Manchester is in the Gambia. Uh, to me, former players will bring many changes as they've been involved in football for their entire career. So putting them into administration can take our football to a different level, says Ebrima. Modu Joseph Jatta in the UK says experience is the best teacher. Africa never appoints the right person to the right place, says Modu. Imagine our African leaders. We vote for friendship, tribe, religion and so on. So it is really difficult and shameful what happened in the Ivory Coast with all the experience that Didier Drogba has. Now, Firmus Correa in the Gambia believes that the question isn't that straightforward. It's difficult to answer, says Firmus, because you can never tell if they have the skills or not without giving them a try. On balance, yes, I think we do need more former players to get involved as administrators to help develop football in Africa because with them in those positions, they at least have a clue about how things unfold on the footballing level. Daniel in Ghana agrees it's not a simple question. I think it all boils down to what the former players bring on board, says Daniel. We've seen ex-players who during their playing time made a lot of criticism of their football associations. Others thought they knew better than their national coaches and decided when they'd be available to play for their national teams. This will not endear them to the current administrators, but I believe they should still be given a chance to share their experience, says Daniel. 
But Mamor Jan in the Gambia takes a different view. No, they lack the necessary skills. That's why they don't get the votes, says Mamor. In Zambia, Mwenda Zambwe agrees. On technical aspects, yes, we need them. But at the administration level, no, says Mwenda. And finally, Della Akafia in Ghana is also sceptical. Administrative works are not just like playing football on the pitch, says Della. That's why most sports journalists are not former footballers, but they can analyse games critically. Most Africans are nominated based on popularity, but what matters most is the work to be done. Concerning Drogba, perhaps he should opt for coaching with Ivory Coast's national team unless he has administrative credibility and potential, says Della. Well, thanks very much for all of those comments and a quick update on the Drogba story. Another Ivory Coast legend, Yaya Toure, has come out in support of Drogba's campaign. On the other hand, as we heard last week, Drogba's detractors allege that he's never watched a league game in Ivory Coast. And a thanks to all who've asked how we're doing as the Planet Sport Football Africa team and those who've sent us best wishes uh, during uh, this uh, difficult time. Uh, We're all well, thanks. Uh, In the UK, Stuart and Adrian are both doing well. Of course, the UK sadly has been hit very hard indeed. Ida is fine in Kenya, where government began mass testing this week. I'm doing well with the family here in Zimbabwe. The lockdown is still on here, but it's been eased. And there are very low figures here, uh, 34 cases and four deaths from COVID-19. Of course, still sad, but relatively very low. And continue to pray that Africa will be spared the worst of this. So thanks very much uh, for the concern. Much appreciated. This week on social media, we're asking, are you going to be following the Bundesliga? Uh, So the German Bundesliga will become the first European league to restart following the coronavirus shutdown, games beginning next weekend. Of course, the Bundesliga may not have the same appeal as the English Premier League, but will you be following the games? If so, which team will you support? And are there any African players that you remember who have shone in Germany? You can give us your thoughts on our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Are you going to be following the Bundesliga? Or you may be excited about its return. Well, now let's catch up more on the situation in Europe with our European football expert Stuart Weir in the UK. So the Bundesliga back next weekend, promising signs in Italy and Spain too, and the English Premier League hoping to resume on the 8th of next month. Uh, On the other hand, France, Belgium and the Netherlands have all called off their seasons. So perhaps the English Premier League will be back soon, but uh, it's really complicated, isn't it, Stuart? Well, Steve, I understand that the British government is keen for some sport to resume because they feel it will help the mood of the nation. And the Prime Minister will speak to the people on Sunday, outlining the first stage of releasing the lockdown conditions that we currently live under. The problem for the Premier League, assuming that the government gives them a green light to resume, is that there's no consensus among the clubs as to whether the league should resume or how it should resume. As we've said in previous weeks, a major motivation in finishing the league is money. It's estimated that the TV companies could ask for up to $1 billion back if the league is not finished. Remember, a quarter of the games remain to be played and a billion dollars is about a quarter of the TV contract. There is also the fear that Leeds United and West Bromwich Albion might sue the Premier League if they're denied promotion from the Championship. 
And remember that promotion is worth in the region of $100 million a season. In order for the proposal to resume the season to be successful, two-thirds of Premier League clubs need to vote in favour. Now, it has been reported that 12 clubs are in favour, six are against and two are undecided. So the vote really could go either way. And I think too that some clubs are in favour or are against a particular form of resumption. So they may actually vote for one form of resumption and against another type. The basic proposal that has been publicised is that games would take place at up to six stadiums, including Wembley and the FA Training Centre St George's Park in the Midlands. But all of them would be neutral, so that no club would have home advantage in any game. There's also talk about games being reduced to perhaps 30 minutes per half, allowing five substitutes to be used, so that the games would be less demanding on the health of players. But some players, like Manuel Lanzini of West Ham, has made clear that his word, it's crazy to play until there is a vaccine. Aston Villa, I understand, have one first-team player who suffers from asthma and therefore would be at risk if he played. And I believe there are a significant number of players who frankly have reservations about playing at the moment. But then you wonder, how would the public react to players earning $100,000 a week who have refused to take a pay cut, then refusing to play? I'm assuming that the Premier League's medical protocols for training would generally apply. That would involve all players being tested for the virus, players being risk assessed for any other underlying conditions like cardiac or respiratory conditions, and that there would be regular temperature checks. And players would stay in hotels away from their family for several weeks. One proposal that has been made is that relegation should be taken off the table. But I just can't see this working for several reasons. Again, it opens up the possibility of the Premier League being sued by championship clubs because presumably, if there's no relegation, there will be no promotion. It also means that many games would be meaningless with nothing at stake and would television accept that as the fulfilment of the contract? And you know, relegation is the big issue to be settled. Let me remind you the bottom of the table, Norwich are bottom, but above them, Aston Villa, Bournemouth, Watford, West Ham and Brighton are separated by four points, with at least two of those five clubs likely to be relegated. This is where playing at neutral grounds becomes an issue. Bournemouth, for example, have home games against Crystal Palace, Newcastle and Southampton to come. And I think they would be confident of picking up points in those games with home advantage. It's going to be tough for Norwich to survive, but again, they have home games against Everton, Burnley, Southampton, Brighton and West Ham, and two or three wins there is not unthinkable. But suddenly, if they are playing at neutral grounds in a soulless, empty stadium, it's going to be much more difficult. You'd have to say that the neutral grounds thing will not help the clubs fighting relegation. Then there's the ethical issue. It has been estimated that testing players and staff for the virus before every game could require 40,000 tests. And testing is a big issue in the UK, with government scientists admitting 
that Britain has been too slow to test and is still not doing enough tests. So is it right to prioritise footballers over ill and vulnerable people in the country with regard to who gets the tests? One consequence of the crisis that has emerged is that Leagues 1 and 2, that is the professional leagues below the Championship, are looking at a proposal to introduce a salary cap. The figure mentioned is $3 million per year per club. And this comes at a time when there are real fears that the 72 football league clubs, that some of them will not survive. Yes, and sadly that could happen elsewhere around the world too. So that Premier League vote on the proposals for a return to action is set to take place on Monday. And looking at the Champions League, Stuart, which is still at the round of 16 stage, this requires air travel and quarantine. Turkey say they will be ready to host the final in Istanbul. But uh, do you think it will be completed, Stuart? Well, as you say, we're in the middle of the round of the last 16. Four ties have been completed and four ties of the second leg to come. Then there's quarterfinals, semifinals and final. Now, to finish the competition in the traditional way would require the two finalists, whoever they are, playing an additional five or six games. And even if the quarterfinals and semifinals are reduced to one game instead of home and away, you'd still have three or four games per club for the finalists. And I simply cannot see this happening because there's the travel issue, quarantine, moving from country to country and so on. But again, dare we mention it, UEFA and the clubs stand to lose a lot of television and commercial revenue if the competition is not finished. Yeah, so can a workable solution be found for the Champions League? We shall see. Thanks very much, Stuart. Uh, That's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.